Hello everybody, I'm Matt Mikucci and you are listening to Jazz is Travel. Everybody and welcome to a new episode of Jazz's Travel. I am Jazz's online editor Matt Mikucci and this is a podcast series where we travel across the world to better understand the significance of jazz and creative music in different parts of the world, touching on music traditions of various cultures and speaking with groundbreaking and innovative music artists. Today's guest is Min Xiaofen, who is known as one of the most innovative interpreters of her chosen instrument, the pipa, one of the key instruments in Chinese music with a rich and storied history stretching back nearly 2,000 years. Upon moving to the United States in the mid-90s, she began to forge a new path for her instrument in modern jazz, free improvisation and contemporary music, collaborating with such greats as Randy Weston, Wadada Leo Smith, Derek Bailey, John Zorn and Bjork, and leading her own Blue Pipa Trio, as well as releasing such projects as her acclaimed 2017 album Mao, Monk and Me. Her forthcoming release, a collaboration with guitarist Rez Abbasi, is an album titled White Lotus, and features an original score she wrote for the 1934 Chinese silent film The Goddess. The album is out on June 25th and ahead of its release, we decided to chat with Min about it and more for a brand new episode of Jazz's Travel. Strap on your seatbelt, sit back, relax and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. Hello, Min. Welcome to uh, this episode of Jazz is Travel. Hi, thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a real pleasure. Uh, This is the first time we speak. I like to start off my conversations, given the theme of this this podcast series, by finding out where are you speaking to us from right now? Uh, I'm living in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Right. Yeah, my husband and I moved to Asheville early this year. So, but I, I was I was living in New York for twenty five years. Oh right! So the move was recent. Yeah. Yes, uh, that was twenty nineteenth. My husband and I we are uh, um, visit um, uh, Asheville um, because here has uh, you know has um, um, Black Mountain Music Festival uh, Berard. Okay. Fest- music festival. So where we attend this festival, just to be the audience, of course. And uh, then also we visit the city. We just love, fall in love. Yeah, very beautiful. You uh-huh. know, surround with nature and uh, we just fall in love. So we feel, yeah, this is our uh, place. Someday we want to, you know, come. So actually 
we we did. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. And you know, while we're on the topic, do you think that uh, you yourself are inspired by nature, creatively speaking? Yes, and because the Chinese music always uh, associated with nature. Uh-huh. And uh, always, uh, you know, even a lot of music's connected with nature, you know, used from a lot of traditional um, um, lyrical style that say, you know, the, it's from the title you will hear like a, a sunny spring, white snow, or um, spring moon, river, flower, night. Yeah, those kind of, you know, those kind of always, you know, connected with nature. I see. You know? And white lotus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, white lotus. Yeah, you're right, white lotus. Yes. <laughs> exactly, and which we will be talking about in a while. Actually, just let me just introduce the listeners to it a little bit. In a moment, we will be talking about your latest project uh, with Rez Abbasi called White Lotus, uh, which is an original score for the classic 1934 Chinese silent film, The Goddess. But just as an icebreaker to kind of carry on, find out a little bit more about you. Uh, You are a multi-instrumentalist, a vocalist, a composer, and you're also known for kind of, you know, reinventing or uh, innovating the pipa. Now, this is an instrument that some of our listeners may not know too much about. So what can you tell me about the instrument, the, its history, its tradition? And do you remember when it was that you began to gravitate towards it? Yes. Um, you know, I talk about my instrument. Uh, my prince, um, uh, primary instrument is pipa. So P-I-P-A. <laughs> <laughs> so the pipa is a plucked, of course, a plucked string instrument. Uh, it uh, existed in China during the Qing Dynasty, uh, 222, um, around the 222 BC. So it's, it's been played 2,000 years. Of course, at that time, the pipa, the shape was different. It's kind of just uh, with a long sound box with a long handle. And uh, the words pipa actually made up of two Chinese syllables, pi and pi. And uh, uh, those are two most common ways uh, of playing the instrument. Pi is a pushing the right of fin- a right hand of the first finger uh, striking down made sound like a P. Then Pi use a thumb uh, striking back up, like striking up, then made the sound like a Pa. Of course, the, during the uh, Qing, uh, Tang Dynasty uh, around uh, 618 to 19, uh, 907 AD, a pear shaped wooden body, uh, body pipa was introduced to China from Central Asia. This is like a wood, right? right? So, and at that time, the pipa only had uh, um, like three or five frets, you know, and hold it horizontally, you know. So, right. and uh, they also used a plug to, you know, to perform. But during the Qing Dynasty, uh, uh, Tang Dynasty, sorry, Tang Dynasty, the pipa become a, a principal musical instrument in the imperial court. And also it has played as a solo and also with the orchestral. 
Mm. Pipa, you know, the pipa I used now uh, is a vertical and uh, modern version. It has a total of um, 30 frets and uh, six larger frets on the fingerboard and uh, 20 frets on the sound box. And the pipa used a chromatic scale and uh, with more than uh, 70 techniques. Uh, it's toned uh, um, A, D, E, A. And um, then um, the one of the another main um, techniques for pipa is five fingers uh, strong, just like a flamingo guitar. Mm. That's really interesting. And so yeah. when did you kind of start to uh, to gravitate towards it, as I, as I said? What, what was it that drew you to this instrument? I was born on a musical family. Oh. And my sister, she is a well-known Arhu player. Arhu is a Chinese a two-string fiddle. And it's a bowing instrument uh, without a fingerboard. And uh, so um, my father... He, is a, he was an educator and um, pipa master and uh, professor. He taught at the university, at Nanjing Normal University, more than 60 years. Mm. And yeah, he published a lot of books, how to play pipa, how to play sanxian, how to play arhu. And my, my brother also, he is, um, he is a conductor, actually, Western orchestral conductor yeah so my whole family was was a uh is a musician uh, of course my sister passed away my father also passed away um so um and uh i when i was young um you know probably i started play pipa when i was 10 years old because uh, i i i wasn't very interested in, in music somehow <laughs> uh i i like painting and because my uncle i have two uncles they're all painters. So uh, I, uh, my father, he always wanted me to study instrument. So he, he was tricking me. And he one day, I remember when I was 10 years old, he told me, oh, I lent my pipa to your classmate because she wanted to study pipa with me. And then I, I get jealous. <laughs> and uh, I just said, okay, I want to learn. So uh, ever since I started you know, play pipa very seriously. Yes. Yeah. So, but it's interesting what you said that you were a painter first before yeah. you actually became uh, interested in becoming a musician. Do you think that that um, painting background of yours kind of helped shape the trajectory of your work in music? Because when I think about painting, it also entails. Mm creating colors before you lay them down on a canvas sometimes and what you have done uh in your own trajectory in your own music is you've kind of blended the tradition of this particular instrument within more contemporary genres like jazz and uh, mm. western classical music and uh, do you think that that has something to do with it well definitely definitely mm. uh you know uh arts all connected you know so uh, I, I feel sometimes, you know, we, when we see the paint, the beautiful paint, you can sometimes just inspire it. You can just watch the paint, then you just inspire. You, your music just come from 
very naturally, even you just look at the, the paint. So I also, I, you know, when I was young, I started to paint probably when I was six year, uh, seven years old. I studied uh, 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 Chinese calligraphy too, and uh, oh. uh, Chinese um, like wet ink, black ink, ink painting, and uh, also some Western. I, I started, you know, Western style too, you know. So I I felt it's definitely give me very good vision about music. How can I do better? about music. Yes, definitely connected. But I, right now I don't do anymore. Uh, but someday, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, I'm gonna just do for fun, you know, just yeah. start it, grab it again. So I love it. Yes, I always, it's my passion. And so as you said, you know, all art mm. is connected. I, I yeah. also believe that is true. When we look at music though, in particular, uh, and especially your work, I mean, this might be kind of a silly question, but I'm curious. Mm. Uh, do you see any kind of, um, you know, similarities between what we would define as uh, jazz and what uh, we would define as Chinese traditional music? That's a, that's a good question. You know, uh, as I said, the Chinese always Chinese music, you know, as a, uh, you know, pipa repertoire, because pipa is so popular for uh, thousand years, 2,000 years, there's a large repertoire. Mm -hmm. But it, the music always associated with uh, nature and uh, or maybe tell its story, ancient battle, and uh, always, you know, but jazz, I mean, feel jazz is a kind of a more interpretation or more uh, yourself. Hmm. And, you're, you know, be yourself, you're also, uh, in, in, it's very different, you know, especially traditional music. When you play traditional music, you have to have a control, a lot of controlling, like a, a lot of discipline. You know, when you play uh, soft, you can't play uh, soft notes, but you can't play weak. When you play strong notes, you can't be aggressive. You always can have to find this kind of balance, right? How to balance the music? So a lot of discipline, you know, controls all the all the tone quality. Always you have to uh, pay a lot of attention. But with jazz, I just feel so creative and be yourself. And uh, you know, you could adopt all kind of sound, environment, whatever. Just the just the kind of be a creative. That's right. big difference. Uh -huh, yes. Yeah. And so uh, in one of your more recent projects, mm. let's say, that I was fascinated yeah. with was yeah. uh, was Mao, Monk and Me oh. from, I think, 2017. And yeah. for those unfamiliar, just for the listeners who are not familiar with this particular record of yours, mm. this was an album where you essentially reimagined uh, seven iconic Thelonious Monk mm. compositions for solo pipa. Uh, mm -hmm. Why was it that you specifically chose to reinterpret works of Thelonious Monk? Yeah, uh, Thelonious Monk always is my uh, favorite oh. uh, musician, one of the, my favorite musicians. So, uh, funny, I tell you a funny story. I, <laughs> I, I arrived in New York, 1996. Uh, you know, someone did ask me, said, do you, do you, have you ever played the... Monk's music. Uh, I said, uh, uh, "You mean Buddha, Chinese Buddha music, right?" <laughs> so, 
I I never had a you know I never had a connect. I tell you, even when I was in China, I never had a connected with. I never thought I can connect with the uh, jazz. Right. You know. So, and uh, even I played a you know couple. I have a couple experience work with uh, Wadada Lewis Smith in in San Francisco. I had an awful experience, you know, because I I couldn't play, and on the stage I lost it because. Of, Wadada Lewis Smith, he was, uh, uh, he was, he changed everything when he on the stage. I, you know, not supposed to be because I performed with him, uh, with other musicians. Uh, with, you know, even the music itself, the, the score itself is very, you know, I never had a, this, this kind of experience play this kind of score. It's like it's totally graphic. And, uh, so, but on the stage, he suddenly wants me jam with him just uh, don't play score anymore just play just play whatever you want i was uh, i was shocked because uh, that wasn't planned before but then mm. on the stage he changed sometimes so i had an awful experience i couldn't you know, i i then later i i couldn't play i don't know what i did i just have no i don't don't remember mm. i just totally lost then you know so and of course when i moved to new york i worked with um jiang zong you know immediately you know sure. contact me say hey i want you recording with uh, derek bailey wow who's derek bailey i don't know and uh, then we just went to studio which is jim and uh, what i tell you i was uh, still struggle during the time because i just can't play free Free improvisation. I can't do it because uh, I was told told not to change notes. So many experiences, like or later also work with um, uh, Randy Weston, you know, the great pianist, mm. and uh, and he told me all the culture, uh, African culture, African rhythm. So that go back to the Thronis monk. Yes, uh, that was uh, embarrassed. Then people told me, oh, who is the loneliest monk? Then actually, coincidentally, uh, there was uh, uh, 2004, uh, Lincoln Center, Lincoln Center uh, organized a, a festival, uh, loneliest monks festival. And I was invited to play a 20 minutes uh, solo with uh, other, several other musicians. And everyone, everyone plays solo, just share the stage for 20 minutes. And, uh, yes, I learned the three songs. And, uh, so I, I played, but I didn't feel I played very good. You know, after several years later, you go back, you feel, Oh my God, I was, you know, I just feel regret. I didn't do a good job. I didn't have my own interpretation. I just copied. And uh, so then I felt I want to know know his music more. So I just feel, wow, he's he reformed, you know, his instruments. Uh, I have to, I have to redefine my instrument too. So then, of course, there was a three, a uh, four years ago, right? There was a two o seventeen, Estonian monk one hundred years, you know, anniversary. Right. So I was thinking, you know, I want to do, you know, I want to just do his music again. I want to record his music again. I'm going to, this time will be different. And uh, I want to use my interpretation 
to do my way and to, to um, you know, dedicate his music. So I just wanted, you know, tell people he influenced not just only, you know, jazz musicians, he influenced the world. you're hearing just now is a track from Min Xiaofen's new album, White Lotus, featuring music that she wrote for the 1934 Chinese classic film The Goddess by Wu Yonggang. The film was released late in the silent film era. The term silent film is of course misleading as many movies were accompanied by live instrumentation in the early days of cinema, often improvised, enhancing a film's emotional power and enriching the viewing experience. Scoring silent film is an art all its own, and when it features musicians from today communicating with images from around a century ago, that makes for a particularly transportive experience, a type of time travel if you will. And of course, time travel was one of the main topics of the conversation with Nina Freelon, with whom we spoke in our previous episode of Jazz Is Travel. I suggest that you check out that podcast as well. But for now, I leave you with the second part of our interview with Min Xiao Fen. We pick it up where we left off as we continue to explore similarities between jazz and the Chinese music tradition. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, when you're saying that uh, that Thelonious Monk redefined improvisation yeah. on his instrument, and I think about what you did also, kind mm. of teaching yourself or developing this style of uh, doing improvisation on the pipa, mm. it must have been difficult because mm. I don't know of that many people who also did that, you know? Was that also part of the reason why it was challenging at first for you to do that? Because you didn't really have that specific reference point that yeah. would point you towards the right direction. And did that also involve a lot of like soul searching? It was like a personal journey. Yes, yes. I. It's kind of my, my personal journey, yes. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel I was really fortunate. I met so many great musicians in New York. And uh, John Zorn, let's say, he just, you know, introduced me and uh, teach me how to be creative, how, pe- how to be yourself. And uh, like Wadada Lewis and, uh, you know, we worked together many, or uh, later we worked together uh, for his many, many projects. And um, of course, the uh, Randy Weston, also a lot of female musicians like uh, Jenna Bloom, and um, many other um, others, many, many, many. And uh, so I, I think I was learned from the stage. Hmm. And I, I, you know, when I was, you know, uh, 
No, during the, you know, when I arrived to New York in like 1996, and I think the music was so, during the time, it's like a top, so rich, all kind of combinations, all kind of, a lot of clubs. And uh, I was um, almost all the time, you know, every week, several times went to club, just play, just jam with other musicians. Even I was still beginner, but everybody seems to, you know, encourage me, say, how are you great? Do you do great? Then can we do next time? You know, just like a, you know, you just learned so much from them. You know, mm-hmm. I learned from the stage. So um, I, I feel I'm downtown musician. Take me like 10 years, I totally, you know, kind of comfortable on the stage. Then I started to feel, hmm, I want to do my own project. Right. It's time to do my own project. For example, you know, like a, a solo monk. And also my Blue Pipa Trio, also uh, my other CD, Dim Sum, and also this this new CD, uh, White Lotus. Right, exactly. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. need to have that experience. You need to yes. put in the time, the effort, yes. especially the time. I mean, it's it's almost difficult to kind of uh, emphasize that point nowadays. I feel like time just moves at such a faster speed, but yeah. it is important that you dedicate mm-hmm. the time to doing something uh, to learn something to do it well. It takes a long time to, yes. to, to learn to do things very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just coming, I mean, this is such a fascinating conversation, yeah. but uh, I have so many questions to ask you. Oh. But uh, just to return to your forthcoming album, White mm-hmm. Lotus, which mm-hmm. I remind uh, our, our listeners that it will be released on June 25th. Yeah. Uh, as I said at the start of the conversation, this was music that you wrote uh, for the score of a classic mm-hmm. 1934 Chinese yes. film called The Goddess. But yes. can you tell me a little bit about the origins of this project? Yes, um, yes, that's that's a good question because, uh, you know, I always um, are interested, uh, special, okay, I, I have always had a special interest in uh, the Chinese music and the film for the middle of the 1930s, you know. Mm-hmm. So... You know, at that time, you know, Shanghai was so-called golden age, right? So, cause you know this film very well. So, I don't need to explain too much, but I just say, um, you know, because um, during that time, you know, the uh, China China was this golden age, and then not just only uh, for the musician and uh, filmmaker and for all, all kind of artists. So, at that time. There is a great jazz history had developed between China and American when the uh, legendary uh, trumpet and composer Buck Clayton, he brought a Kansas City swing to Shanghai wow. and began work, yeah, working closely with the father of a Chinese popular music, Li Jinghui, you know? Hmm. And Li Jinghui, actually, Li Jinghui is a, a contributor to hundreds of songs, you know, to Chinese musical uh, talent. And um, he also uh, was a pioneer. You know, he created a new musical form with uh, called the Shi Dai Qu. Shi Dai Qu means, uh, uh, means a song of the era, of the fall of the Qing Dynasty, the last emperor, 
Okay, so the fall falling of the Qin Dynasty. So also he organized the Bright Moon Song uh, and Dance Ensemble um, in 1922, and Li also began um, began the editing the the children's magazine a magazine called A Little Friend. So uh, he he was a he was just amazing. Um, not just only composer, he influenced so many peoples. And uh, uh, Buck Clayton, you know, of course, he he was a leading member of uh, Cambodia's older um, Testament Orchestra. Also, he arrived in Shanghai, uh, nineteen thirty-five. So he performed at you know Callous Drum. Born in Shanghai, you know, people call him a Holland, Holland gentleman. So <laughs> they worked together for more than two years, and uh, they use the blended, unique way, blended American jazz and the Chinese music. Wow! Yeah, at that time, you know, Chinese pop music, uh, you know, adopted uh, standard jazz forms such as. Uh, uh, a or 16 bar uh, structures, also with the chords and the verses, and also instrumentations such as a string, bass, guitar, and the horns. And they dance, you know, to a lot of rhythms such as uh, like a swing or blues. And so uh, this is why, let's go back to the, the film. Yeah, the film, yeah, because when I search, this this kind of story. Then I saw the film. I just feel, you know, even I was in China. I don't know. I don't know this this film. Hmm. After I come to America, because I felt this film such a great film, right? But it's still kind of hidden, you know. So yeah. unfortunately, just uh, because you know the goddess was dismissed as a you know. So-called decadent by Chinese uh, scholars during the Cultural Revolution. So this is why I want people, uh, you know, after I search this movie, you know, I just feel okay. I want to, you know, want more people to get chance to see this great, great film to learn about, uh, you know, our history and the culture, also Chinese instruments too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's yeah, like you said, this this mm. film does remain hidden. It was yeah. very modern for the time too. I mean, for those yes. not familiar with it, it's mm. it's basically a social realist drama mm. about a woman mm. who turns to prostitution in order yeah. to support her baby boy. And when you think about it, it was made in 1934. So I think mm. in any part of the world, just the theme alone of this film would have been very controversial. Yeah. Sad to say, a lot of these films have not been preserved over time that's uh, mm. true of uh, the films of that period from different parts of the world as well sadly mm. uh but also it's uh, it, it's star and uh, you mm. correct my pronunciation mm. if i get it wrong but ruan ling yu uh, yes, also, yeah also known by her english name uh, lily yuan mm -hmm. uh 
was one of the most prominent actresses of the period, but tragically took her own life yeah. at age 24. Now, yeah. wh- what did you like about this film? What is it that you uh, liked about it and that you drew on uh, from a narrative point of view or just considering the history of the film itself when mm-hmm. you created the music for it? Yeah, so I like this for uh, the, the, this uh, movie. Uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of characters. And, uh, I felt, I felt this, uh, uh, you know, for the, during the time, you know, when you make this kind of movie, actually, I think the movie caught attention, want to, uh, tell the, you know, tell the word, the struggle and the social inequality for the woman and yes. the fighting for the against the social pressure attempts to seeking, uh, some kind of the justice in the city. System for war, you know, because during a time men can choose, especially in China. Okay, men can choose the war, uh, the the society, and the woman is a kind of low uh, position. You know, I I also saw during the time Shanghai is like a more than hundred thousand prostitute. And a lot of problems, gang and gang member gambling, and also, you know, a lot of, you know, I just I just feel this is a very good movie to talk about uh, how to, you know, uh, make it, you know, uh, hope society can 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 weak weak to re- recognize uh, can you know give some uh, justice. Oh, sorry. Then uh, of course, yeah. I uh, when I. I composed this 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 uh, uh, this this piece uh, this film, you know, where I used a, a, a musical themes for each characters in a form uh, in a film. For example, um, for the young mother, you know, forced to work as a prostitute, you know, struggling to support her her young son. You know, so I used the Buddhist chanting and. Um, You know, mm. sometimes use voice and electronic loops to surround her and to show her uh, lotus-like purity. You know, so for her young song, I created some some simple notes for uh, uh, to emphasize his uh, innocent. Then song for the for this gangster and the gambler. Okay, the bad guy. You know, I, uh, who. Uh, st- stealing money from the from the woman, try to save the money for her son. Education, you know, the music are dark and ugly and uh, are irregular. And uh, I have one moment, you know, climax. I feel that the whole movie was climax. Part was when the young mother grabbed a grabs a bottle and uh, smashes the this gangsters on his head, you know, I feel that moment was so strong, mm. you know, so I just decided to be silenced. Just that, that moment hit the, the head. I just decided to just sil- uh, simply just use silence and let the action speak because that, this, the, the action was so strong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And was mm-hmm. this something that you had done before uh, scoring silent films? No, this first time, yes. So I mean, yeah. What what was it like? Was it was it difficult to get into that process? Uh, not so much. Not so 
difficult because uh, I, I I watch this movie again, again, again. I know how to kill, mm-hmm. and uh, I also, of course, you know, uh, uh, Raz Basi is such great master um, and guitarist, and uh, we just need a you know I I let's say maybe fifty percent. You know, I wrote fifty percent. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, the score, but the fifty percent is opened because a lot of cue you have to. You can't look like a just a, a keep playing a, a whole piece. No, impossible. It's not like a record. Record you can keep play. I also added a lot of new music on the record, but uh, um, but with the when when you're doing the the this film, you have to because the film is like a conductor, right? You have to. You know, see some cue. You have to change the scene. That's the scene. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. We played at the. Uh, uh, we we um, premiered at the uh, um, roulette. Huh. Yeah, in twelve eighteen. I yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that Re- uh, Reza mm-hmm. Bazi has actually worked also yeah. uh, before on on uh, film. I'm um, scoring silent films in the past. Yes. Yeah. No, so I mean, this is a, it, it, it's something that definitely fascinates me because when you say that fifty percent mm. was composed and the rest mm. was kind of free, so yeah. that you could uh, you know fit the cues and also yes. interact with the uh, with the uh, performers on the screen. And mm. when I think about it, you're basically interacting with images from almost one hundred years ago. So it's almost like you're you're communicating through time. Yes, yes, that's, really that's correct. Yeah. The album version of this score is called mm. White Lotus. And I just wanted to ask you out of curiosity, what's the mm. meaning behind this title? Yeah, because uh, uh, Lotus, you, you mean, right? You, yeah. you know the Lotus and this uh, Lotus flower grows in a deep mud, you know. So when the Lotus reach the lights become the most beautiful flower, so the 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 lotus is also symbol of uh, purity, enlightenment, self regenerations and rebirth, just like the goddess. Mm-hmm. So actually, I use the uh, Buddhist language to uh, to uh, to list it each song as a uh, acrobatical uh-huh. right order. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Min, we, we have been speaking for uh, <laughs> past the time that I yeah, had promised, no but it's been such a fascinating conversation and I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for joining us. I remind our listeners that uh, your album White Lotus will be released mm-hmm. on June 25th and I suggest uh, you check that one out. Min, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much once again. Thank you. Thank you, Matt, and uh, thank you. I, I had a so so you know um, pleasure to to uh, chat with you. Thank you so much for everything. That's the music of Min Xiao Fen's Pipa playing us out. 
as we come to the end of another podcast of Jazz is Travel. Her new album White Lotus features guitarist Rez Abazi and will be released on June 25th. I hope you'll join me next time for another episode of our series where we travel across the world to better understand the significance of jazz and creative music in different parts of the world, touching on music traditions of various cultures and speaking with groundbreaking and innovative music artists. I also urge you to check out jazzes.com, our regularly updated website with lots of great content for both the newbies and the jazz aficionados. Till the next time, stay healthy, stay safe, stay strong.